All right, back once again for this, the 30th episode of the Start Well Podcast. Uh, I am your host, as always, Kasim Virgie, the founder and CEO of Start Well. Uh, here in the studio at about six feet distance, uh, we're keeping our distance, we're keeping clean with some hand sanitizer here. Uh, I'm sitting with Aaron Wayne, who's one of our members, has been a member of Startwell since November 2019. Um, and uh, we've got some interesting stuff to talk about, I think, Aaron, uh, which is your business kind of has an angle on uh, the current pandemic uh, in the sense that you're able to continue operating and your services help people, which is kind of cool in this time uh, of uncertainty. So Aaron, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself? Um, yeah, thanks for having me first off. It's a pleasure. Um, it's a pleasure. Yeah, so my name is Aaron Wayne. I am a co-owner and VP of sales of First Aid Canada. And uh, yeah, I'm a distributor of First Aid and Medical Supplies. Okay, so tell me a little bit about the background on the company. This was uh, this is a family business, you mentioned. Yeah, it's a family business. I own it with my father and my brother. Um, pretty well how we got started was, actually my brother initially started it. Um, he and I both have a lifeguarding swim instructing background. Okay. This is like a high school thing? Uh, yeah, straight out of high school, or straight in high school. Yeah. Um, yeah, my brother's seven years older than I am. Um, and yes, when he was a lifeguard and swim instructor, and then going into university, took kinesiology in that program, uh, of course, a lot of people required um, the Center for Safety Certification. And seeing as he was certified to teach, he thought, why not provide that kind of service to his fellow students so he just started a small company inside just doing first aid training mm-hmm. um, when I got old enough to be able to teach myself I kind of came on board again just as a side thing while I was a first aid and swim instructor or sorry yeah swim instructor and then um, and then yeah when I was did it on the side every now and then while I was working my job and being in school and after Ryerson I, I went to Ryerson in finance and closer to the end of the program I thought you know, why, get, why not get into something more along the lines of something I can control myself, my own project? And at the time, he wasn't doing anything with it. He was doing his PhD. And so I asked him if I can kind of take over the company and build something out of it. And I've been doing it ever since. So at that point, when he came out of university with the BCom, yeah. I'm guessing, um, what was the like? What was the state of the company? Were you guys actually selling a lot of things? Uh, so was it e-commerce? At that point, it was... Yeah, I think my brother's... Did a little bit of e-commerce, very like he, he, you know, paid a few hundred bucks to get a very small, um, very low-tech e-commerce company at the time. Uh, found a supplier um, at the time, and again, it was very small things. It was just a side project. He was maybe shipping out orders every now and then, but it was primarily to um, customers of his that he would do training for. Mm. So it was just like yeah, you, do, you, you know, you teach a course. People ask, you know, teach people how to use equipment and first aid supplies, and people going afterwards like, "Hey, where can I get the supplies?" It's right. Like, okay. So it was primarily just doing that, but you know, I thought there was potential, um, and I wanted to take the whole um, side of e-commerce with it. So, so let's maybe build more of that. See if there's more of a demand because there definitely is. Because I studied the market a little bit and just like. All the stuff is primarily required by law for most companies. In fact, all companies throughout Canada based on provincial and federal regulations are all required by law to have first aid medical supplies on hand. Right. Um, so we took the angle of that um, and um, primarily targeted organizations or large organizations. It's funny because something like, you know, first aid equipment seems, I think, to 
uh, lay people walking around the street that uh, somehow there's some sort of like back end to the supply chain that's tied in with the healthcare system and tied in with medicine and hospitals and stuff. Um, But it's not the case, right? No, no, not really. Um, You know, at the time I was looking into, I'm just like, you know, how many companies out there specifically online offering kind of first aid medical supplies? Nobody really ever thinks about that, right? You walk into a company, you walk into a restaurant, you see a first aid kit on the, on the wall, it's just like, you don't even think twice about it. It's just yeah, like, where oh, did yeah, it's, where did that come from? You know, probably through the government, some, you know, self and hate, self and hate, health Help and safety, and safety <laughs> regulation <laughs> that, you know, they got it for free maybe because it was just like, you know, but who knows? No one ever really thought about that, but I'm just like, you know, it's so niche. Um, so I'm just like, you know, let's take a stab at it. Let's try to take a different angle. Um, focus primarily on that because most of the other companies that I saw were selling or offering first aid uh, kits and supplies were primarily large um, kind of industrial supply companies that wouldn't just sell first aid kits. They would do, you know, so packaging and supplies and warehouse equipment. So you're talking about a company like Uline or something? Company like Uline, yeah, 10 Equip, those large organizations. But I'm just like, let's take the angle and focus on the niche first aid medical supply industry right. just that and uh yeah we got lucky enough with the name first aid canada which i thought was great this is the um, a dot com that you got yeah we got the domain brother didn't get first aid canada.ca for some reason but we got dot com we ran with it um wasn't complaining um and yeah and so then at the time when initially started um the supplier that my brother had we were using him um for a little bit but i felt that we were kind of growing out of their league so i found a much more established supplier and a couple others and uh, just ran with it. So it's been how many years? Seven years? Uh, it's been about seven, eight years. Yeah, I've been doing this since, oh no, eight years. Yeah, I've been doing this since full time since near the end of 2012. And has the product mix that you offer changed over that period of time? Uh, definitely, definitely. I remember initially the first supplier we were dealing with, you know, it was just small few supplies that you'd find in a first aid kit. Um, and some kits, of course. Yeah. Um, and then when I got in touch with more established uh, suppliers and wholesalers, just like yeah, the product line expanded like significantly from you know specialty first aid kits to stretchers to defibrillators to um, anything and everything in between. Yeah, we got recovery couches. Um, What's a recovery couch? A recovery couch is essentially a first aid bed. Okay. So, like, for example, in Ontario, uh, organizations with 200-plus employees are required to have a first-aid room. Yeah. And one of the components in the room is basically a bed for uh, staff to lie on if need be. Someone passes out. Someone passes out, bed. lightheaded. Um, is that, a, like, a down. hospital bed, or is that more of, like... No, a it's not bed? a hospital bed. Imagine just, like... How would I describe it? It's, like, uh, just, like, kind of straightforward. It's, like, a couch without a uh, backrest oh, okay. and a bit of a pillow. Okay. So it's kind of like a, not leather, but, um, pleather, pleather kind of coating around <laughs> some, some cushioning and, uh, and a pillow for someone to lie down. Ha, huh. That's interesting. There's, there's an array of things that you guys offer that like, yeah, where do you get it from otherwise? Right. Yeah. Are um, okay. Let's fast forward a few years. We'll go back again to some historical anecdotes, but I actually, you know what, before we do, so tell me about as an e-commerce vendor, like primarily you're selling stuff on the internet. Yeah. Um, 
you inherited this kind of from from your brother this yeah. like first stab at e-commerce yeah have you moved uh, platforms since then have you looked at kind of like SaaS stuff like shopify um, you run your own stores your own, your own software yeah well initially um i think initially we i don't even know what my brother had the first website built on i'm guessing it was a wordpress basic thing a basic platform yeah um uh, when I came on board, I got in touch with a developer who built us on Magento. Okay. Um, Magento was great. Um, and then as we progressed, and eventually Magento, we were on Magento 1 platform. I got phased out by Magento 2. Uh, so over the past couple of years, I was valuing for a while which platform to move on to. I was looking at Shopify, um, BigCommerce a little bit, um, WooCommerce and WordPress, and eventually after... Uh, a long evaluation process to decide to go with uh, WordPress and WooCommerce. Really? Yeah. That's interesting to me. Um, and primarily because some of my history career-wise yeah. is in open source CMSs. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, going back to Joomla, uh, Mambo originally, then it became Joomla, right. yeah. and then uh, Drupal. And I remember like talking about Magento. There was this war, in a way, going on between... Magento, and then at least in the Drupal community, a lot of people trying to integrate Magento, mm -hmm. uh, and then at the same time looking at how do we build our own kind of homegrown solution that's in Drupal mm -hmm. instead that works more natively with handling uh, products and different SKUs as entities, you know, that can relate to anything. So you get a photo galleries and video that relates to five different SKUs, that kind of complex content relationship stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and then recently I've gotten into, you know, using WordPress because it's like just quick and dirty and I don't have to think about things a lot of the time. Yeah. And does WooCommerce allow you to do that? Like, are you, do you feel agile with how you're kind of building out your store or um, at least in the initial? I stage? actually do. Um, you know, because, listen, from my perspective, it's just like I, I understand the value of Shopify. Um, like, you know, I, cause I, for basically for our needs, what we wanted was something geared more towards the functionality of it um, because uh, and also we were of course valuing costs like right. you know when it came to Shopify the only thing that really mattered needs was Shopify Plus uh, when it came to Magento sticking with Magento it was Magento Enterprise mm -hmm. both the the monthly costs significantly would increase compared to what we were you know our, our monthly costs would significantly increase compared to what they were before because we right. were on Magento uh, open source right um so we basically determined that it the the value wasn't there um, with Shopify Plus or Magento Enterprise um, because although we are primarily we primarily dropship most of our orders oh, everything's okay. at a fulfillment center it's not as cookie cutter with us because um, a lot of it comes from one specific fulfillment center and pretty well the way they operate isn't up to the standard that we would like it to be f if we were to use Enterprise or Shopify Plus. So it's not Plus. totally, like, hands-free. It's not completely hands-free. Okay. Um, and we felt that we can customize things a lot quicker um, um, and kind of fine-tune WordPress and WooCommerce to meet our needs. Um, and then just based on evaluating that and the cost, we just thought it was the best best option. Um, so how many years in are you with Woo WooCommerce? WooCommerce? Uh, I've actually, we actually just started. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I think we went, made it go live the month that I started here. Okay. As a matter of fact. Fantastic. <laughs> November. Um, yeah. And it's, it's been great. Um, I've also, we're also been working with a new developer, which is, he's just fantastic. 
Um, and yeah, I've had no issues with it whatsoever. In fact, everything is fully automated now um, on the website side of things. Um, it's great, it saves me so much time. Um, but of course, now that we're dealing with the whole COVID-19 thing, things, it's opened up a whole new can of worms. <laughs> you took us there. I didn't. So let's just talk about it. In um, terms of, tell me, yeah, what's the hit list for you or pain points for your business because of this current situation? Uh, the biggest pain points is definitely supply chain. Okay. Um, getting the goods to the people who need Getting the goods to the people in a timely manner. Okay. Um, is that because everything came from China before? Uh, no, not necessarily. Um, most of our, our, our suppliers, um, they get stuff from around the world. Um, it wasn't so much that it was more just like the fact that demand increased significantly for first aid medical supplies. Like, you know, before we were targeting, you know, getting orders primarily from organizations. Um, now it's just like consumers just like mm. ordering nonstop, you know, as I'm sure you wear with hand sanitizer or face masks or N95 masks or other type of alcohol isopropyl, other kind of sanitation supplies, demand has just skyrocketed with everyone. Sure. And just keeping up with that demand has just been extremely difficult. Or keeping up with the supply. The supply, yeah. Because the demand has, I mean, gone up, but at the yeah. same time, yeah, supply is Supply is scarce. definitely become more, more scarce. More unreliable. Yeah, and because this is a global kind of situation, um, getting the supplies in like prior to all this like if something were to be low stock like we'd be or our suppliers would be restocking things weekly right bi-weekly at most um now it's just like because this is a global issue bringing supplies is very difficult things are quite delayed and in addition to just being you know, other suppliers, manufacturers being delayed with all their orders, their supply chain is now affected because even bringing in raw materials to produce the supplies is a challenge with all the restrictions and in, in, um, flying and bringing things from China because sure. definitely a lot of things do come from China. Right. Um, but something as small as like, you know, um, an antiseptic wipe manufacturer is like, you know, they have everything to produce the product besides the paper that they needed to insert into the packets and getting that is quite difficult and huh. it's gone so bad to the point where you put an order it's just like they cannot confirm a lead time because they don't know right. when they're going to get their raw materials to produce it and of course in the fast-paced world of e-commerce and where maybe people i don't know have you found that your customers if they are end customers not your regular kind of institutional mm -hmm. or or uh you know commercial customers if residential and you know individuals essentially are shopping around they're trying to they're facing the same problems probably but not understanding the back end issues but like yeah. saying oh i could get this on amazon and coming back to you saying you know do you not have the product why not yeah oh yeah and yeah. then they realize that the delivery date on amazon has been pushed back a month yes. i don't know if you've been seeing that but oh yeah no I've, I've i've definitely been seeing it um you know for the most part, we didn't have um, stock levels prior to all this. We didn't have stock levels integrated into the website because we really n never really had an issue with stock levels. You know, because um, you were stocking on demand, kind of thing. Like so we were, yeah, we were supplying on demand. You know, some things would take longer to produce than others. You know, we make sure that's um, fully transparent with all that information on the website, so expectations were were met majority of the time. Of course, you know, of course, there's some outliers, but um, but now it's just like. We've had to take majority of our products and mark them all as out of stock because um, 
because we don't want to disappoint the people in the world where, or the consumers in the world that expect things right away. Right. So we live in the age of Amazon where, you know, everyone expects same day, next day delivery. And if we're not fulfilling those needs and, you know, people aren't happy. I could see that being frustrating. I mean, of course, this time is frustrating for everybody yeah. in many different ways. But to be in a business where you've got this kind of surge of interest for your product and a potential to, you know, increase your revenue, mm -hmm. um, but then having to kind of mitigate that yourself to manage customer expectations. Yeah. Is has got to be a little frustrating. Is is the new challenge. So how Absolutely. I I know that you uh, you told me when I uh, talked to you recently that you were heading up to your supplier here and there and everywhere lately. Yeah. Uh, how have they? How have you found in the supply chain kind of things not working out? You know, in your favor, even in that way. So the supplies is an issue, but then packaging and distribution is that also an issue? Um, sending, yes, sending stuff out. To yeah, exactly. You know, because. You know, it's one thing that the demand side of things and the, um, the filling the supply, it's another thing, you know, even if you have all that, getting stuff out in a timely manner, because, you know, even my suppliers, just like many other organizations are having issues with um, staffing, things like that, right? You know, with schools being out, people having to take care of the children, people can be concerned about the working conditions, um, many different factors um, have affected them just like many others. Um, and so at some points they find themselves low staff, which also affects packing and, and shipping times. Um, and so, yeah, I've sometimes, uh, at some points, um, have made agreements with my suppliers to, uh, instead of having them drop ship, literally picking up a large quantity of stock, hiring a few people, getting a temporary space and picking and packing orders, um, um, ourselves and shipping them out. So what are the, uh, if there's a top five or top three, yeah. I don't know, whatever number you want to give me, uh, what are the top things that you're seeing kind of during this pandemic period, things that people are particularly requesting or uh, requesting in volume, whatever? Oh, it's it's the face masks, N95 right. masks, hand sanitizer, um, antiseptic wipes, things like cavi wipes, which are um, pretty, pretty well hospital grade kind of disinfectant wipes um, those are primarily the top three products and then of course we have alcohol isopropyl rubbing alcohol things things along those lines disinfectants disinfectant wipes yeah because um, I've definitely I've been part of in the startup community anyway here in Toronto there's been different groups that have been forming to try and kind of you know hack uh, the supply chain for um, you know essentially healthcare workers you know people yeah. in hospitals that for whatever reason, don't unfortunately have supply enough to, you know, manage through the day of, of face masks and stuff like that. And everyone's looking all the way back to China, which is the majority of, of manufacturing, it seems, in, in that stuff, face masks particularly, yeah. to say, how can we get this stuff here quickly? But there's this huge quality control issues. So um, what have you found, if at all, in looking to, you know, improve this whole situation for your business? at trying to swap out suppliers. Is that a big problem? Uh, is that something that you've um, It definitely into? has been. Um, you know, I know that the government of Canada is looking to have existing manufacturers uh, or purchase supplies from manufacturers in the country and are also requesting other organizations that if they have the capability to manufacture these supplies that are in demand most for frontline staff. 
Um, but at the same time, um, I get, if I had a nickel for every time a company in China contacts me, asking me if I, right. if I want to uh, purchase some supplies from them. Um, yeah, it's, it's a challenge because, you know, even if you do have a, a great relationship with a Chinese supplier um, to bring products in, it's, it's like, is, yeah, the quality control is, is a huge issue. Um, would people even feel safe purchasing the products or end right. users, right? Right. Um, so that has definitely um, been a challenge. Um, you know, we definitely make sure we're fully transparent with where with where the products do come from because a lot of people aren't comfortable with purchasing products if they know they're made in Canada at this, or China at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it definitely has been an issue. Um, so you know, with that said, um, we found a challenge. Um, in purchasing some some supplies because like you know if we know we can get them is it worth it is it we have to really evaluate if it's if yeah it's there's in like the short-term best interest. gains yeah then the short-term might... gains exactly um and take your brand away from perhaps what it's yeah what its core offering is yeah exactly um so first aid kits is that still at the core of your business uh yeah definitely um although in this particular time that's um it's some stuff that's in Definitely. the first aid kit that people. Yeah, really yeah, no, exactly. At least we also offer, you know, biohazard kits, which come. What is? Yeah, what's in a biohazard kit? So you know, biohazard kit would basically contain a whole bunch of these high demand items in one. You know, everything from a uh, full full hazmat suit to um, disinfectant wipes, um, hand sanitizer, um, something like a, it's called a Red Z fluid control solidifier, where you're dealing with kind of type of fluids it kind of pretty much is a powder that you would put on them that create it t- turn into a solid and then just make it for easy disposal wow. um things like that uh also producing um and definitely in demand but for the most part really it's just the, the face mask and things like that because people feel that that's that's what they need to stay safe and so that's for the past two months that's been the primary focus right now um and primary needs of a majority of people. Um, so even though there's been, yeah, like higher demand in those couple of things that, yeah. that everyone's looking for all over the place, um, has the rest of the business continued on? I know that, again, I'm in conversations all day, every day with not only our members, but our partners and banks like the BDC who are trying to figure out how to help, uh, you know, SMBs across the country through this tough time where maybe yeah. revenues are coming from either entirely dried up or coming from yeah just one SKU or whatever. Yeah, no, no, definitely the the rest of our business is definitely still um still, you know, these first aid kits and defibrillators and other products are still um being purchased at this time. So those are still in demand, which is great. It's not just those those few products, although those definitely make up um majority of the sales, I can be honest, at this point in time at least the past month. Yeah. Um but no, the, the first aid kits and, and these other items are definitely still in demand, for sure. Um, you know, on your point about um, frontline staff or hospitals and stuff being in need because they're, they're short uh, supply, that's definitely something we've been taking into consideration a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can tell you at this point, um, whenever we do get stock in of, you know, the pandemic-related products, we definitely... Um, like to notify hospitals, frontline staff, um, healthcare facilities before making the products available to the public because we know those um, organizations are definitely the ones that need it the most. 
to that end, what have you seen in terms of their procurement processes changing? Who's involved in the last few weeks? Are you know, like this is that's a whole another side of oh, this yeah. issue. I, I have people contact me like you know they're not going through the regular supply chain that they typically would do because of uh, this unprecedented situation where you know people need things so quickly, right? Right. It's like you know part of this dealing with the government of Canada. It's like you know you have to make sure you're a registered supplier with them. You have to go through the whole supply process where you provide them with a code, a quote. They generate a purchase order from you. Um, you know they have a requ- um, uh, required delivery dates and things of those things along those lines. But now it's just like, hey, listen, do you have this? Yes. Okay, here's a bureau. Just send it to us as quick as possible. Right. So they're buying like end consumers now. Yeah, exactly. And in some cases, they're even using uh, whether it's government or company credit cards or even personal. In some cases, just wow. buy them direct. So they just don't avoid. They want to avoid any issues and get the product as quick as possible. So talking about hospitals, are there people from all ranks contacting you, like in terms of doctors and nurses? Uh, some, yes. Not just uh, it's, it's pro- it's, it is still, um, you know, procurement for the most part, but they're just the the process for getting the product and putting the order through is just shortened significantly. But yeah, we've definitely noticed a difference with everything that's going on. And when you hear about the news with, you know, the government being uh, on a shortage of, you know, personal protective equipment, it's just like, it, you know, one side it boggles my mind how that's this has happened right. and they don't have things in place. And on the other side, it's just like, you know, the situation is unprecedented. Um, the number of frontline people needing supplies on a regular basis is significantly increased. And um, yeah, I'm not surprised they have to go through so much. Honestly, it's a sad situation and, and one that hopefully... Um, the supply chain can, you know, be agile enough where people will be able to hack it and and localize production on things all over the world, you know, because otherwise, well, we don't want to think about otherwise. But yeah, hopefully these things, these things improve. It's interesting because I think um, it's something that even harkens back to that kind of like first offering that you guys had, which is the the home uh, or not home, but the first aid kits that could Mm -hmm. be used wherever they're used. Yeah. It's funny because you started with this. Typically, people not only don't know where they come from when they see them, but also don't necessarily know that they should have them. Yeah. And everyone uh, in homes, anyway, that I've been to, my wife's a doctor, so we see these things, you know, and, and I have yeah. a little bit of a, an eye for them now. But, um, you know, people have some Band-Aids that they used five years ago in the back of some medicine cabinet with expired medicines. Yeah. Uh, they don't necessarily pay attention, but perhaps through this experience that we're all going through, you know, everyone is waking up also to this uh, reality that they need to take a bit more responsibility for their... Um, yeah. Unfortunately, m- most people, when it comes to first aid kits um, or first aid supplies in general, you know, they're more reactive as right. opposed to proactive. You know, they, they realize they need it when they need it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an unfortunate situation when it comes to this and the whole situation with COVID-19 globally is a clear example of that. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that we've been talking about at home is this mm-hmm. issue of preparedness for small injuries mm-hmm. and, and how the general population isn't necessarily prepared. But right now, in a case where people may not feel comfortable or, you know, going to a hospital for an emergency that seems minor, mm-hmm. um, it's important for people to be prepared to understand how to do first aid. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, man, if it's up, if it's up to me, I'd make it mandatory in high school, elementary school, to have to take these, you know, CPR training or basic first aid training, especially CPR, of course, with uh, you know 
um, knowing the importance of it and the fact that defibrillators are around everywhere these days and we know how effective they can be at saving lives. Um, but yeah, it's up to me to be mandatory for everyone, free by the government. Right. Um, because, uh, yeah, people, you know, like in our slogan, life is precious, man. <laughs> yeah, that's your it's company a, slogan. Life is precious, be prepared. Um, you know, because, you know, the worst, th you know, I always teach people, like I used to, I still do teach the odd course now, um, but I love doing it. You know, it's, it's, I was How like, do you, is it a first, uh, first person in person? Yeah, it's in person. Yeah. Um, um, I know, you know, Red Cross courses offer a blended, um, uh, online and in class portion, but the in class portion is the best because to that end, if anyone's watching or listening, yeah. uh, where would you point them if they're looking for an online resource to tool up their knowledge for first aid and CPR and stuff? Uh, if you're looking for online resource, Red Cross definitely hands down has the best online um, uh, resources for training. They even have an app nowadays you can download um, that like in real time, hmm. like you are, you're surfing for an emergency, you click on that type of injury or illness or situation you're dealing with and I'll give you step-by-step -step guidelines. Wow. That's awesome. Red Cross is definitely, their, their um, technology and resources is definitely um, up to the highest standard in my opinion. Um, but um, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, go with Red Cross or any other training organization for the most part. They're, they're, most of them are generally pretty well the same. They just have their own different styles of teaching. Right. But uh, Red Cross definitely at the, at the front end if you want to look for some online or let's see these free online resources. So how do you think coming out of this pandemic experience, hopefully sometime soon, yeah. Um, sometime um, soon. Hey, man, I, I, I hear um, different things from everyone. Um, I hope it's soon. You know, I've heard things about August. I've heard the end of the year. I've heard 18 months. Um, hoping it's sooner than later. Um, and, you know, it's not equivalent to the Spanish flu back in 1918, 1919, where, you know, it kind of died down in the summertime and then picked back up aggressively in the winter, right. the following winter. Um, but, yeah, it's just... Hopefully How soon. will your company, if at all, react to, uh, you know, what you're learning now um, about customer demands, about kind of loopholes in the industry or, th or things that are missing in the supply chain that you can maybe fulfill going forward when things uh, strengthen on the industry back end? Uh, is your company going to change from the experience that you're having during this pandemic? I definitely think we've changed quite a lot in the past few months, boy, you know, operationally. Um, um, the, de the biggest thing is with the supply chain uh, being an issue um, because, you know, it's one thing operating a business and like a drop shipping kind of style uh, when things are all kind of normal. But in situations like this, it's just like, it's like, do you anticipate something like this happening again? Do you, you know, if supply chain is the biggest thing, do you want to operate in a way to make sure we constantly have that kind of supply and demand or supply to meet the demand? Um, will it change things, um, drastically? I would say definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, um, it definitely opens your eyes while running a business like this towards the capabilities, um, dealing with certain suppliers or, or, uh, manufacturers. Um, cause you know, it's like, uh, you can always like any type of business, you want to set yourself up in a way where, you know, what if you're working or, um, functioning at. 10, 20 times kind of uh, revenue or sales, 
You, know, right. you want to make sure you kind of like have that vision and make, think, make sure things are in place at the time for that. And like things are in, in my eyes on my end, mm -hmm. on the company's end, but um, changing how you're going to function with certain suppliers and wholesalers, that is definitely on that side of things, definitely going to be changing moving forward. Yeah. I mean, having that holistic experience or not experience perspective on yeah. your business and what it relies on yeah. is what these hardships or periods of hardship really, uh, I think, you know, force leaders to, uh, to focus on. Yeah. Um, even with us, it's interesting. The last few months have been all about and for finishing the infrastructural development of this campus. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got to it and operationally we were running so smoothly. I trained a couple new staff. And then uh, with this pandemic, it's an interesting, I mean, it's not something you can entirely plan for. No. Um, but there have definitely been lessons uh, in terms of, uh, yeah, how it's not just about operating, but it's, it's mm -hmm. also about kind of like preparedness for yeah. uh, change essentially preparedness and contingency plans you never really prepared for before um yeah it's it's really opened your eyes over my eyes at least to to um what these kind of changes can bring and and if it happens again what kind of things do you want to make sure you have in place to make sure that your business organization is operating at a level that you want to be at um and yeah just you know being more proactive just like you know me with I tell people having a first aid kit is better than, you know, you know, having one that you, it's almost like a condom. You'd rather have one and not need it than need it and not have it. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, um, uh, it's definitely really opened your eyes to, to how these kind of situations can really affect, uh, businesses, whether you do mine and other ones and how you want to make sure that, uh, you kind of minimize any, um, negative situations from happening again in the future. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Lastly, let's wind it up here and just say any shout outs to, um, or things that you want to announce about your company, any announcements to do with, uh, hirings, uh, depending on how things go in the marketplace <laughs> the next little while, are you looking for help immediately with anything? Um, um, am I looking for help immediately with anything at this point in time? Um, no, I feel even um, uh, we've got things pretty well set up with um, people working remotely. Um, so I would say no with that. If anything, you know, I, I've had I've been thinking about having people help with um, fulfilling orders, whether it's even doing basic things like picking and packing. But um, of course, it's a bit of a challenge with with hiring some people with <laughs> the certain health and safety um, procedure that you need to have in place. Of course. Um, so not this time. Mm -hmm. um, Any recommendations to people um, listening, watching this, uh, just from your own angle, um, from the first aid tip, from the general preparedness kind of side of things that you'd recommend people at home having in their house, looking uh, looking to do, to know? Um, well, they have time on their hands. Yeah, while well, they have time on, on your YouTube. hands. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, when it comes to first aid training, like I said, if, if I believe everyone should have basic knowledge, train yourself. I would say take a first aid course, but <laughs> unfortunately, the best uh, component of any type of training is the hands-on training. And right. if, considering that's probably not being offered right now um, because of the group sizes, you can't do that, so it's not an option. But when it does become available and we get back to kind of 
uh, normal life, I definitely recommend everyone to go take some type of basic first aid training. Because uh, I can tell you, you know, the biggest thing that I always think about, or anyone always ask, or sometimes people ask, but you always want to think about it, it's just like one thing, yeah, I know what to do when someone goes unconscious. I know how to do, you know, CPR, 30 to 2, things like that, but how to actually respond. Oh, it's how, very difficult. Yeah. Yeah, how you are like emotionally going to respond to a certain t- situation. Like I always tell people, um, you know, it's one thing, even if you were to do this type of thing or do CPR on someone, I've done CPR on, on multiple people, actually like three times, situa- in three situations. I've um, done it on my daughter like 20 times. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not enough, I'll think. Oh my God, um, always choking. Some oh, yeah. pancakes or yeah. ice or those. But yeah, no, I always tell people it's like, you know, it's one thing doing a type of emergency procedure on someone you don't know. It's a completely different thing doing on somebody you do oh, know. Totally. Um, but the worst thing ever you can possibly feel is helpless. Right. It's like being in a situation, you feel helpless, I don't know mm-hmm. what to do, and you freeze up. That's a lot worse than even attempting to do something, trying to save someone's life. Um, so I would say, you know, and the best way to learn that is just to practice. So hopefully, uh, as things open up in the next few months, we will have you be able to conduct some of these trainings for our yeah. members. Any yeah, members I'd love to. Partners listening to this to. here at Startwell, yeah. let's do that. Absolutely. And, you know, for people, you know, just at home, like, all I can say is just listen to the government when they, when they say stay home. Right. Uh, for the most part. Um, yeah, if you have to. If you if you have to go out, you know, do so. Um, you know, of course, for the essentials, uh, if you're essential workplace, of course, you got to do your job. But, you know... People that are working from home, stay home for the most part, minimize um, contact with other people, especially elders, of course. Right. Um, with regards to hygiene, just honestly, wash your hands, don't touch your face as much as possible. Um, just be aware when it comes to face masks. I know people are in high demand for face masks, but, uh, or face masks are in high demand, but uh, just be aware N95 masks are the best masks you can use. Um, However, you also want to be aware that um, professionals are trained in how to wear N95 masks and make mm-hmm. sure they're sealed to your face properly when you go out. Um, fa- general face masks uh, are definitely better than nothing, but of course they're not as effective because they don't create a full seal on your face. Uh, just something to be aware of. Um, I feel a lot of people aren't, aren't aware of this. They just think, I see everybody has a mask, I need a mask. Um, Otherwise, just stay in, isolate, and yeah, use this as an opportunity to connect in different ways with people. And again, it's more physical isolation. It's not social, really, because you know we live in the day age with FaceTime and right. video chatting. So, you know, the other day I was playing. A, I don't know if you're aware of the game Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, I remember um, that game. Oh, sorry, card, not Cards Against Humanity. That's the game's great, but uh, Code Names. Oh, I don't know that one. Game Code Names. Uh, it's a great game, but. My friends and I, we one person had the game at their place, and they had a tripod with their camera facing it, and we played with a group of people. That's awesome. You know, it's great. Um, so this is an opportunity to connect with people in different ways. Um, and yeah, do your best to stay moving, stay active, and stay mentally simu- simulated, and don't just sit around and watch Netflix all the time. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Great yeah. tips. Yeah. Okay. It was a pleasure having you. And yeah, uh, yeah for all our listeners who want to uh, check in with Aaron, have any questions about anything, uh, go to his website, firstaidcanada.com. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, thanks for being here. No problem. Thank you so uh, much for having me. really appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Hopefully this is useful to people who are listening and watching.